0: Amen. Our God is great and he is greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun until the setting of the scene. he is worthy to Be praised. Now for all the Lutherans and Presbyterians I scared a moment ago. Ha! Just give us a moment. Today we have the opportunity to look back on what the Lord has done over the last year. To see how he has been faithful once again over the last calendar year, I have the opportunity to know this information ahead of time. I have the opportunity to put the report together for you. And so that was my praise for what I already know God has done through us, in us, and for us. And so I don't apologize this morning for giving God praise for how good he's been to us this last year. Now, on top of that, this this is a little secondary, but not uh, least, less important. This is also the time of year where we celebrate Black History Month. That's what we call it officially. But I like to call it Black American History Month. Because this is not just a a time where where black people get to celebrate and black people get to feel good. These black people were Americans, and so this is American history that we celebrate with an emphasis on what blacks have done for us in our country. And we can see from now, from the beginning of our country to now that the Lord has brought us a mighty, mighty long way. I think I'm going to sing that next Sunday. Lord, you brought me, you brought me from a mighty... A mighty long way from a mighty... I'm not going to sing it this Sunday. I'm going to sing it next Sunday. I just want to make sure y'all come back to hear the rest of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, baby, come on down. I need my amens. All right. I need my amen card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Manual on the payroll. You not. Come on down. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, for those of you, uh, we have a number of visitors with us today, and on behalf of all of our, our, our staff, our elders and members, and all of those who attend the Bridge Church, we say thank you for being with us on this Lord's Day. We know that you had many places that you could have gone this morning, but you uh, followed God's leading and Providence, whether it was by uh, seeing a sign outside or seeing uh, 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 Googling us, or Google is a verb now, and a participle. Whether it was by invitation of someone or whether you are just walking down the street and we say thank you either way for being here with us. It is our honor and our privilege to have you. I am Brandon Reddick and I am the lead pastor here at the Bridge Church where we exist to develop fully devoted followers of Christ in a multi-ethnic context. And so this morning, again, we have a very unique Sunday where we just look back, we talk about what the Lord has done and what we hope the Lord to do uh, for us, in us, and through us this upcoming year. Today, like a good Baptist preacher, I've got three points for you. My first point comes from Matthew chapter number... Oh, Bridge Kids, y'all go. Y'all know. Y'all know. Our Bridge Kids are dismissed. This is the time where we uh, release all of our elementary age students, grades K through 5, To go to uh, their own Sunday school class. Your teachers are waiting for you at the back. They are ready for you. Um, And so you are dismissed at this time. Matthew chapter number 22. This is where our first point will come from. Matthew chapter number 22, verse number 37 through 40. Matthew chapter number 22, verses number 37. Through 40. <clears throat> By the way, that coat was actually a burden. I was hot. <laughs> yeah, so I laid it down on my wife. <laughs> but it was hot. <clears throat> Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Here's what the word of the Lord says. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have your seats. We know these verses to be called the great commandment. And I submit to you today that these verses are the motivation for our ministry. To love God and to love our neighbor. Last month when we talked about the profile of a disciple or what are the marks of a fully devoted follower of Christ, we said first of all, a fully devoted follower of Christ loves God and loves others. And we pull that right here from these verses where Jesus summed up the commandments. He said they, the whole law and the prophets depend on these two. Love God and love others. How have we loved God here at the Bridge Church this past year? Last year we had a sermon series that was uh, devoted to prayer. And out of that series burst a new movement in our church, a new ministry in our church, which once a month, we gather together corporately as a church to pray. When we first started it, because of my uh, the, the few, the couple of prayer services I've been to at Wichita, we tried to make it an actual service where we had singing and praying, and, you know, many devotionals. And and it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. But it did not foster an atmosphere of church-wide participation. And so I learned through talking with others and through my own experience that it doesn't have to be all of that. (laughs) One person told me uh, when I was talking to him about the format of the prayer service, uh, he told me, he said, yeah, when I go to these prayer services and they're singing and then there's some prayer intermixed through that, I just, I'm confused about which one we're really there for. And so we, we, we don't do the singing anymore. Singing is not bad, and if somebody feels a song in their spirit during the prayer service, let's sing it. Y'all obviously see, I love singing. I love music. And so, so that, we will do it. That's the way actually the prayer services used to be where I grew up. We, we'd have the old saints in the church, they'd all have their own pew, and they'd get down on their knees, and they would pray, and then all of a sudden you'll hear somebody uh, bust out,
1: I love
0: the Lord, he heard my cry. Yeah, yeah. That's the way our prayer service used to be, and then somebody else, one of them mothers would just pray, and she'd pray and she'd pray with so much conviction that you could feel it all deep down in your soul. Oh, I miss that kind of praying. And, just, and you would leave those prayer services just knowing Everything is going to be all right. Maybe that's why the hymn writer said, just have a little talk with Jesus. That's it. You can help me preach this thing. And so we started this prayer service because in praying, we express our dependence and devotion to God. God, we need you and we can't make it without you. And so we started this prayer service to show that we are devoted to God, and God, we need you. We spent this last year preaching through the minor prophets of Amos and Hosea. And, and the reason that's significant to us, loving God, because in order to love God wholeheartedly, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. In order for us to do that, that means we have to turn away from everything else. To, to love God is to love him Exclusively. We, there, there can be no other gods before us, and so we preached through these mountain prophets, and we saw how uh, Israel and Judah, how how, how they were uh, uh, worshipping idol gods, and, and we saw the consequences of not loving God, and we saw that uh, that God is he, He's a God who is just, and He's a God of wrath. We saw in these two mountain prophets of how. Even in these biblical times and Old Testament times, there was injustice in the land. And we saw God's heart on the matters of injustice. And we said, how does God call his people to respond? Not the world, but his people. And what we learned from these mountain prophets is that if we're going to love God, we have to be a people who repent. We have to be a people who turn from our sinful ways, turn from our idols, and turn exclusively and wholeheartedly to God. That's another way we loved God this past year. Another way we loved God was through our giving. And and you're probably saying, that's just like a preacher. He's going to throw it in there some kind of way. Where, is, where does giving go on to loving God? I'm so glad you asked. Here's what Jesus Christ said. He said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What, does, what did Matthew 22 say? To love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your so if we're going to love God with all of our heart, that obviously is going to affect our pocketbooks. Jesus kept on talking in three verses later in verse 24 of chapter 6. He says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot love God and money. He says the two are mutually exclusive. You can't love both of them. He didn't say you couldn't have both of them. God gives us money, but it's for his glory. We need another sermon series on money, I see. It, it is for his glory. It's to serve his purposes. So then, you, loving to love God is, is, is to be a giving, a generous individual. But I want to show you, that's my premise for giving, being a sign of how we love God, here's the proof. Last year, our total income as a church was three hundred, just over three hundred and one thousand dollars. I'm sorry, that was 2017. That was 2017. That was three hundred one thousand, three hundred one thousand two hundred thirty-two dollars. That was 2017. We're talking about. Um, 2018 Our expenses for 2017 of that 301232 we had to spend uh 266,000 which led us with a net of 25,584 dollars that was 2017 income was 301 let's see how you guys gave in 2018 Wow! that's shouting music worthy right there We went from 301 to 396. Nobody but the Lord. That's nobody but the Lord. God has been good. I told y'all this. I've told you this time and time again. But I'm telling you, this this promise, it was to me, but I think we're the beneficiaries. God told me driving down Oliver. I had just got done preaching at at an elementary school. And he told me, he said, Brandon, you preach the gospel, and I'll take care of the rest. At that time, we had no people. We had very little money. We didn't have much of a plan. He just said, you preach the gospel. I'll take care of the rest. And this, friends... That income number is showing that God is faithful to his promises. He said, you preach the gospel, I'll take care of the rest. And friends, that's what I want to to encourage you with this morning. All we have to do is be faithful to the gospel, and he'll take care of the rest. Now, our expenses went up too. But here's the thing. That's a sign of growth. That can be a sign of growth. More people drink more coffee. (laughs) More people suck up more air. (laughs) But God's been so good to us that he's let this little church add more staff. We were able to add Rose in an official capacity as our administrative assistant. We were able to add transition to a a, a new worship leader and what have you. And so that's just signs of God just being good. But then we went from $25,000 to $50,000 now. And some of y'all thinking, now how is this non turning a prophet? Ha! <laughs> 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 That's a good question. Let me tell you something. I, I love my elders. I love my elders because they, they don't say, we're going to take this money and just stack it up. They say God has, they, they know that God has given us money for mission. And so anytime we have extra money, what we do is we say, how can we be a blessing? To our community, how can we be a blessing to other missionaries? How can we be a blessing to our denominational partners? So, like last year, we were able to bless uh, ministries uh, uh, like Faith Builders, who help families in crisis. We were able to 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 help. uh, Who else do we give money to? I don't know. Say something. Pathways, like Pathway Church. Oh, Cornerstone. Oh, we have a member in our church who works with uh, uh, children who in, in, or teenagers who are in need of stuff. She can tell you. Lauren's at the back. She can tell you more. But she, she, we were able to bless them. And so we, ministries that are, 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 are close to our heart and our vision, we were able to take this extra money and say, let's be a blessing to you. We gave money to a, another church plan. We sent them uh, thousands of dollars to be a blessing to them. We, we believe in blessing our siblings. We have sister churches, and and so we were able to help them. And so that's what we do. I had a missionary call me up uh, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or some time ago and and, and just saying, hey, I know such and such a person part of your church. I was able to minister with you at the Nativity and all that kind of stuff. And and we were able to just make a one-time donation of $1,000 towards mission. That's what healthy churches can do. We can be a blessing to, to others. Look, it takes money to do ministry. That's just the reality of it. And so this is just showing you how good God has been. Now, if that's what we can do in 2018, just think about what we can do in 2018 as more givers come on board. Because here's the reality. That number went up with not 100% of the people who call the British Church their home giving. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not here to guilt anybody. I want you to see that your money can be a, a sign of your heart, and Jesus said, well, your treasure is, your heart will be also. And here's really what I'm asking you to do. This is not about the British church just getting more money. This is about you growing as a fully devoted follower of Christ. Our money is, is, is not, like, untouchable. That's a part of, our money falls under the lordship of Christ. And Christ has called us to be a generous people. And so I want to encourage you to trust this God. He is faithful. He will not hang you out to dry. He will not leave you. And even if hard times come, just take a look around. You've got all these people to lean on. Here's our balance sheet. If anybody knows what a balance sheet is or you care about it, here it is. Assets. There's our assets, (laughs) liabilities, that's credit cards from the staff, equity, all that stuff. All that simply says is, we're healthy. If you want more information, talk to somebody else who knows more about this stuff. (laughs) People people wonder, why in the world, oh, let me, and this this is cash position. This is the money we have in the bank right now. God is good. Wait a minute. I just don't, I want y'all to know something. We are three years old. That's how much money we've got in the bank. And so part of that, what that says is, we've said God is good, God is faithful. But that also says that I think our elders and our staff, we do our best to be good stewards of the dollars that you give. So God has been so good to the bridge. Now, we said that the great commandment says to love God, but it also says to love your neighbor. Oh, I'm supposed to make this look like a Bible. <laughs> y'all are so silly. What y'all do last night? And so one of the things that that God does through the British Church, through us, is he allows us to be a blessing to those in our body and those outside of our body. One way we love our neighbor is through benevolence. Why Why do I bring up benevolence right now? Because this is the mark of a fully devoted follower of Christ. I didn't make it up. Jesus said it. John chapter 13, verse 35, by this. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for the other. And so so when someone in our church is hurting, even people outside of our church when they're hurting, we say, Here we come. We got your back. We are family. And we take care of one another because we love one another. Some of the things that we've done as a church, and, and I don't do this to brag. I do this so that you can be informed, to let you know how we're using uh, the dollars that you give, but also that, so that you can know that we, we are putting our money behind our words. We believe that we are a community, and it takes a community to, 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 to thrive. And so some of the things that we've done with Benevolence is we've helped people with mortgage and rent assistance. We, we try to not add to the homeless uh, uh, numbers in our city. And so we've helped people. We've, there was a situation at Adams Elementary. There were some, some, some kids who were just not being taken, very, uh, being taken care of very well. Uh, and Adams is right down here. It's one of our partner schools. And, and so one of the teachers stepped in. I think it was actually one of the parents there stepped in and says, I'm going to take these kids into my home. They, they need stability. They need a place where they can be loved and cared for. She had nothing. She was not prepared to take in two kids. And so we learned of this, and God gave us the opportunity to, to be a blessing to them, and she needed bedding for these babies. And so the British church provided bedding for this family at Adams Elementary. And, if she, and we, she knows that if they need anything else, we're a call away. We've helped people with groceries. We've helped people with utility assistance. And here's the thing. All of a sudden, I planted this church for the glory of God. I didn't know we were going to be in the car business. (laughs) Last year alone, the Bridge Church gave away three vehicles. Come on, you can celebrate that. Last year alone, we gave away three vehicles. And so what happens is, People uh, uh, have vehicles and they don't want to just trash them or give them away. And so they say, can, Do you know people you can uh, give them to? Not, maybe not right now, but they'll come, I promise you. And so people donate their vehicles uh, to the church and um, if they need work on them, we spend the resources uh, uh, to get them up to, to, to snuff and so that they can have a reliable car. Um, if, and we, if they need help, we'll give them the first month or two of insurance. Uh, so we want to get people on a path towards independence uh, and, and what have you. And so we take these cars and we say, how can we be a blessing? And God has sent us families in need of vehicles. Do you know how hard it is to make ends meet when you have a job but you can't get to that job? And so, one way we love our neighbor as ourselves and we say, we want you to work. Because the first thing you start talking about, when you start, talk, when you start talking about benevolence here on stage and as a church, people want to know, are we enabling people? But what we want to do is we say, all right, you want to work. We want to help you work. So, we'll give you a vehicle. And so, God has been good to us. We, he's done that through us. Um... What else has he done? Oh, we got a call from a principal at an alternative school uh, at DCF, um, Department of JDF. I want to make sure y'all are still listening. I want to make sure. That's what I said. That's what I said. Good. And she said that one of the things that allows these students to concentrate on their work and get their work done is music. However, Uh, the teachers are choosing the music, and what they choose ain't what the kids like. And so she said, if I could just have some MP3s uh, so that these kids could just have their own music and they can listen to them uh, uh, while they're doing their work, that'd be great. And so we were able to partner with our friends over at First Street, and we bought 70 MP3 players for the students at uh, JDF. Orion is the name of the program. And, 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 and we did that because of how generous you are in our giving. But we did that. The motivation for it was because Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has told us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So, I want to make sure you have some application today. This, a couple of weeks ago, Dylan sent us one of those nice checks again. It was $142. And what we've decided is anytime we get a check from Dylan's, and what happens is our people, some of our people have uh, put in our information as a nonprofit that they want Dylan's to give to. And all we do is we go and shop and Dylan's and, and, and takes a percentage of that and sends that back out into communities. And so we're one of the nonprofits. And so we get that check. And what we've decided is every time we get that check, it's going to go to, we're going to designate it towards benevolence. And so every time uh, you go to Dylan's and shop, if we're one of your uh, partners, if we're your designated nonprofit, that's going to help serve our community and love our neighbors as well. So here's your application. If you ain't signed up yet, <laughs> sign up. All right? If you need the information, Emily can get that for you. So we, we'd love for you to partner. Some of you are already partnering with other nonprofits. Praise God for that. Stick with them. Uh, and keep giving towards them. But if you're not supporting one and you shop at Dylan's, we'd love to have you on board as to help us love our neighbors as well. So we've said that the great commandment says to love God and love our neighbor. That's the great commandment. That's our motivation for ministry. Here's the mandate for ministry. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. I actually love the sound. The reason I'm just standing here is because I love the sound of pages turning. Jesus came and said to them All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here's our mandate for ministry. These are our marching orders from Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's told us to go. He's told us specifically to go to all nations. So at this time, I want to just uh, make you aware, because again, I don't do as good of a job of uh, telling you or informing you about all the ministries that we are a part of and who we support from a missions perspective so I want you to I want you to just to be informed and I want you to know that we are not just an internally focused church but we are also externally focused. We are trying to to further God's mission as we partner with other organizations. So going here's what we do. Um, we support uh, a number of locally we support a number of ministries one Care Portal. Care Portal was uh, designed to be a preventative type uh, uh, of ministry. What happens is you have these families that are in crisis. They have a social worker a lot of times that's working with them, and if they don't have a certain need, a critical need that's met, then these families are going to be separated. And what we do is we add to the problem of DCL and all that they have. And so this ministry was, was coordinated to get people and ministries and different agencies together to help prevent separations of families from happening. And so we, what happens is a social worker will send in a, a request through the car porter. It gets sent out to all of these ministries. And, and so we specifically look for ones in the 67208 area code and the 67214 area code, which is where we're headed. And, and, and so uh, we, we take, we'll see those requests, and those requests come, and we try. Sometimes it's they need furniture. Other times they need help with utility assistance. Sometimes it's, uh, they need bedding. It's, it, it's some of everything, but we do everything we can to help. And so we partner with CarePortum. We give to them monthly, but we also meet needs as they come in. Choices medical clinic. We believe in the dignity of life. Thank you. From conception until this person leaves the earth. And so, Choices Medical Clinic is a medical clinic that's that's devoted to helping give women more choices outside of abortion. And so, it's been a good ministry. And here's the thing. When, 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 When women, men come through Choices Medical Clinic, they get the gospel at some point during their time there. And they have reported that they share the gospel and they've had people come to faith as a result of Choices Medical Clinic. Our job is to make disciples. I want to partner with ministries that are preserving, that's preserving life and giving eternal life. And so we partner with Choices as well. I told you that it's important for us to partner with other churches. We partner with Exodus Church. They're a sister church of ours. Um, Exodus is uh, led by Kyle Lamott. He and I went through um, uh, uh, church planting assessment together and then he planted a couple of years after us. They recently uh, were able to merge uh, with another church that was dying it was uh, mainly senior saints and they were just struggling. They were not reaching anybody, so they were able to merge, and now they're out. at uh, They have their own building now at Central and 143rd, and so we've been given to Exodus for the last couple of years, and so I'm just excited to be uh, partnering with them as well. We be- we're a church plant. We believe in church planting. We partner with faith builders. You've heard us talk a lot about faith builders. Um, we partner with Hope is Alive. That is a new ministry uh, that I didn't go to the orientation of what is Hope is Alive? Reader's Digest version. Um, they work with- Homeless off the street, addictions. Think- There's a house that they have. They bring these people with addictions in, and they help them to recover and get on the straight and narrow path. Our staff went. I didn't. Everybody but me went. I had another meeting. Uh, we partner with love and action. What happens is, so we have people, there are people who will try to abuse benevolence. So they go from church to church seeking <laughs> what, they, what they can find and what they can get out of you. And so they abuse the system. They take advantage of our grace and generosity. And so what love and action is, they are kind of like a vetting ministry. And what they do is they've been trained in ways to vet people's uh, stories. They do some investigation and research to see if that need is legitimate. And what happens is because there's so many churches, we can share information with one another. We can know if this person is going from church to church, abusing the system. And so we partner with them. Um, and, and so our, our system here is we never send anyone who is a member of our church or regular resident of our church, we never send them to love and action. We handle that in-house. We take care of our own. That's Acts 2, 42 through 47. We take care of our own. But if someone comes off the street, we never seen them, never heard them, we'll listen to them, but we say, hey, we're going to probably send you to love and action. Love and action, they may have the resources to meet this need. If not, they'll call us and they deem... It, it's legitimate, then we say, they say, I, we think you should partner with them, and we go ahead. But there are sometimes they can tell you, watch out for this person. They've got fake license, all these kind of stuff. And so that's a ministry that we partner with as well. Underground Cafe, is still going in the underground. And so once a quarter, we uh, give them whatever they need. Ma- main time mostly it's paper goods, like uh, paper plates, forks, knives, those types of things. They're feeding the hungry. Um, and so we believe that's a part of loving our neighbors well. So that's local support, support. world mission support. We, uh, we partner with African Inland Mission. Our friends, the Lairs, uh, are, that's a mission agency that the Lairs are using uh, in Africa. And so we support them. We support uh, the EFCA. That's one of our denominations. We are, not only are we multi-ethnic, we're multi-denominational. Thank you. We're E-free, Evangelical Free Church, but we're also... Uh, uh, affiliated with the Southern Baptist as well. And so we, we support both of those locally um, and nationally as well. Uh, last week, Colin Cooper was with us, um, and so we support him. You heard his story uh, a, f- a few weeks ago. David was with us with uh, Frontiers, uh, and they're reaching Muslims from Christ, and so we support them. And so my goal was to just inform you that we're using this money to further God's mission in the world. Now, in this great commission, he said, go make disciples, and you know my favorite part, panta ta ethne, that's Greek for all the ethnicities, all the ethnic groups, all the people groups, all nations. And so what God has put on on our heart is to be an all-nations church, a multi-ethnic church. Church, we want this to be a visible witness of the power of the gospel. That people who don't look like each other, talk like each other, vote like one another, can still be united because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said our oneness, our unity, he said by this the world will know that I am in you and you are in me, he's talking to the Father, and that you have sent me. Friends, this 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 is powerful. Just, just just look around. This ain't y'all supposed to look around. I said look around. <laughs> oh Lord, Lord. I meant that. <laughs> this, this 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 is not supposed to happen in America. Black History Month. Let's go there. The black church exists because of racism. There was segregated seating, segregated privileges, and people just got tired of it, so they said, we'll take our own church where we will have dignity and we can worship like you, and we we will treat one another as equals because we've all been created in the image of God. <laughs> Y'all, that was one sad cloud. <laughs> Do you believe in the power of the gospel or not? Thank you. And so what some have called America's original sin has affected, or should I say infected, the church. So that now we got the white church and the black church and the Mexican church and the Asian church. Jesus didn't die for them, he died for the church. And because of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2 says that there's now one new man, one new humanity, the church. We're supposed to be in church with people that don't look like us because of Jesus Christ. Now, again, we've got a lot of visitors here this morning. Don't hear me say that every church has to be multi-ethnic. There are some churches, there are some communities, uh, uh, some cities where it is almost impossible to happen. But we should not be trying not to be multi-ethnic. Friends, I believe that that's a heart problem that's probably a sin problem. But Jesus says this is a witness to the world, that Jesus is the Christ. This is showing the power of the gospel. Listen, the majority of you ain't supposed to be in a church where we do (laughs) shouting music. (laughs) Ha! (laughs) Ha! To be multi, multi-ethnic is to embrace other cultures and cultural expressions of worship. That's why we have a Hammond B3 organ. I was talking uh, with, with someone recently, and they were saying, you know, in the white church, uh, you know, you, we, you give us an acoustic guitar, and we, we can go. That's all we need you show up in the black church with the acoustic guitar, they're gonna tell you, what you doing here, man? <laughs> I don't look like you like, this ain't no c- country banjo concert. What you doing? <laughs> man, you better pull out a hammer. <laughs> so in the black church, you get a, you, you all we need is a hammer and we will go. <laughs> I'm serious. But look at what happens. We see the beauty and the creativity of God on display, because not only do we have the Hammond B3, but we got this acoustic as well. (laughs) Then, you know, you'll sing, you'll hear a song like, uh, what, what, what did Jeff sing this morning? God is able. And then you'll hear something by uh, Travis Green. You made a way. Only at the British Church can you hear that. Only at the British Church can you hear Chris Tomlin and Hezekiah Walker. <laughs> Hallelujah. Only at the British Church can you get this. Hold on, y'all wait where I'm going, because if y'all don't take the right way, this is going to go really bad. You get this and Josh stumpsel. Ah! Now, I only kind of can have this, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I said all that to say, so how do we determine if we're being effective in being a multi-ethnic church? I'm glad you asked. The multi-ethnic church, and, and some of this stuff you a lot of you already know, but again, God has grown our church, and so it's important that we go back and review some of our staples and, and, and everything. So uh, just humor me if you've heard this before. The multi-ethnic church movement, what we did was, uh, what they did was, um, they, they, they took some research from sociologists, and sociologists said that in order for a group of people to have influence and to have a voice, they needed at least 20% representation. And so we took that, they took that, and they said a multi-ethnic church, uh, we, we d- d- determined that a church is multi-ethnic using the 80-20 principle. No more than 80% of the congregation should be of one ethnicity, whether it's white, black, Asian, Mexican, Hispanic, whatever it is. And so that's the, that's the ceiling and the floor, 80-20. All right? So how are we doing Let's see. I like that. I like that. <laughs> 63 37. All right. All right. Now I was I was putting this presentation together and I just chuckled. I just chuckled because I said 8020. That's the, the bare minimum. And I said my vision. In Wichita, Kansas, is if we can get to 6040, we are killing it. We're at 6337 in three years. Let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate it. And then what then I just start to say, Brandon, maybe maybe you underestimated your God. If that's where we're at today. And I believe God has much more in store for the British church. Eyes have not seen. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That involves, you only baptize those who have heard the gospel and responded to the gospel by faith. So that involves evangelism and then identification through the baptismal rite. And so this past year, we, we uh, baptized six or seven people this year. Glory be to God. Let's praise God for that. <laughs> and then he said, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. How do we teach people here at the Bridge Church? Corporate worship is our, the main time where we do our teaching ministry. Um, and so corporate worship is a big deal for us. Um, Because not only is it about teaching, but it's also uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together for such is the manner of some, but rather stir stir one another up to love and good works. And so corporate gathering, yes, we're here for the teaching of God's word, to worship Almighty God, but we're also here for one another. I said we're here for one another. Never, hear me church, Hear me, and I'm telling you from personal experience, never underestimate the ministry of your presence. There are sometimes I see certain individuals from week to week, it changes. I see certain individuals walk through the door, and it gives me a boost. You didn't say anything to me. You didn't smile at me. I just saw you, and I said, thank you, Jesus. And it gives me a little boost to keep going, a little boost to get up there and just stay faithful to the gospel, a little boost to to talk about what we have deemed controversial and taboo in the church. Some of you have been some of my biggest encouragers because we have to, in a multi-ethnic church, we have to address things like racism. We have to address things like injustice in a multi-ethnic church. We don't get to just duck our heads in the sand and act like it's not happening around us. Your brother and your sister is looking at you like, what you feel? You, 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 you think this is good? This is okay? Do you not see me hurting, mourning, lamenting? And then you, then you got another brother and sister in Christ who's just saying, I don't understand. Help me. Help me feel what you feel. We got to love one another, but it's hard to, and so my point was, I have to preach about how the gospel affects those issues, and then I get criticized for being political. It's hurtful for people to say, I preach politics. God didn't call me to be a politician. I think I'll make a good one, but he didn't call me to that. (laughs) He called me to preach and proclaim the saving gospel of Jesus Christ who died for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And if you believe, you can have eternal life. That's what he called me to preach. But the gospel is not just for us to get to heaven. It does have an effect for us on earth. Gospel people ought to have gospel behaviors. But you, some of you have said, You're doing good. Keep preaching. We needed that. You stuck to the gospel. You showed us from the gospel, from God's word, of how we're supposed to think and believe and behave around these issues. And so, on one hand, I say thank you. But never minimize the ministry of just showing up. Never underestimate the ministry uh, 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 or the effect of your absence. Not just on me. I can handle it. I know people come to church, don't come to church. I I, I know. But it hurts your brothers and your sisters when you don't show up. They miss you. They care for you. Then they become concerned for you. I'm telling you. I know it. They tell me. They may not tell you, but they tell me. And so corporate worship is a big part of how we make disciples here at the Bridge Church. Bridge groups. Our bridge groups, they are large when everyone attends. Yeah, I'm saying something that I'm not saying. They are large when everyone attends. And so we're making strides there. I've seen a number of one-to-one relationships form over this past year, and that is so exciting. So this is what we're doing. That's that's who we are. We're we're trying to be committed to the great commandment and the great commission. So then what is the state of our church? That's my final point. Let me read you this article I read on the Gospel Coalition website. I cite my source because I want some of you to start reading this stuff rather than some of the other stuff that you post that gives me theological indigestion. (laughs) Okay, here's the article it's real short this is a pastor in Canada yes God is in Canada <laughs> I was trying on that one thank you I'm glad you laughed. here's the article seriously something remarkable happened last Sunday I visited a church half an hour from where I live the streets were filled with snow I was sure the church would be empty especially as I slid my way down the road where that church meets. The church parking lot was unplowed. I counted only four other cars. I found my way to the church basement and found the pastor teaching six older adults. I could tell the pastor cared about them and about his message. At 11, I moved to the sanctuary, and I watched as the room filled. The service started, People sang, prayed, and read scripture. The preacher, the pastor preached clearly and faithfully. I tried to leave quickly when the service ended, but kept getting stopped by friendly people. It was just another Sunday at an ordinary church, and yet I was amazed. A church that I thought was dead overflowed with life. People who could have stayed at home on a snowy day prioritized public worship. A pastor loved his people and preached the word. All of this took place in a small congregation meeting in a humble building down a side street easily overlooked in a big city like Toronto. He says, the more I get out there, the more I'm encouraged by the ministry of the word going on in faithful churches all around us. It may be ordinary, but it's remarkable too. I used to feel cynical about churches. Hang around in church long enough and you will experience disappointment with both the people and the pastors. If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all, quipped Spurgeon. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it. For it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. The pastor says, I'm no longer cynical. Instead, I'm amazed. In the past seven years, I've visited dozens of churches on Sunday mornings before attending our local church in the afternoon. And I'm more encouraged by the church the more I see of it. In millions of churches every week, people gather around the gospel. Most of the time it doesn't look like much, and yet these churches demonstrate God's multifaceted wisdom to rulers and authorities in the heavens. These churches guard the good deposits entrusted to them. They serve as the pillar and foundation of the truth. They are the body of Christ, part of the new temple that God is building. His exhortation to us, don't let the ordinariness of church fool you. Don't buy all the cynicism about the church being dead and the institution not worth saving. All around this, God is building his church and preserving a people who have nothing in common except for Jesus. We have the incredible privilege of joining the church and loving God's people. Something remarkable it's happening next Sunday, too. I can't wait. The end. Here's my third point. Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friends, right here in Matthew 16 18, Jesus promised to build his church. And today I declare to you that's the state of our church. Jesus is building His church. And there's nothing hell can do to stop it. So, pastor, where do we go from here? I must admit that now I'm on board with this pastor who wrote this article. I simply want us to be an ordinary church where the gospel is proclaimed faithfully, regularly, where the people love one another, where we pray fervently, and we reach our community for Christ. By ordinary church, I mean that our kids' ministry may not be like Legoland. By ordinary church, I mean that our worship team doesn't need to be the second coming of YouTube. <laughs> 2 By being an ordinary church, I mean our preaching doesn't have to be like Charles Spurgeon. I'm convinced that Jesus uses ordinary churches to accomplish extraordinary change in this world. Ordinary churches grow deep in the gospel, and as they grow deep in the gospel, they unite rather than divide. They love rather than hate. They take risk and love the orphan. They take a leap of faith and share the gospel with their neighbors, their co-workers, their friends, and their family. They reach out to their surrounding community. So, friends, for this next year and many years to come, I just simply want us to be an ordinary church. And by that, all I want us to be is a faithful expression of the glory of God in this community. What's next? We, this, for the next season, our, a lot of our energy and time is going to be focused on going into our next building. What's the status? We have an architect. We're sending it to the city. Uh, our plans to the city for the remodeling that we want to do. Um, And so I I have a few things here. I have a couple of things I want to show you. Uh, They have a mock-up for us. Just plan, That's plan. I'll send that out in an email, so check your email coming up. There'll be a drawing of what we're we're doing there uh, in the sanctuary, Um, but we're going to submit plans to the city here in a couple of weeks. Then next we're going to hire a general contractor. We hope to do that in the next month, and then We can start work, and then hopefully by this summer, we will move in to our own place. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, I'm so glad y'all excited because this next part is really exciting. We have about $200,000 pledged towards our remodel. (laughs) I got more good news. On top of that, we're going to get another $200,000. Is in y'all's pockets. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. So I need $200,000 from you. Let's take up offering. Come on. I'm serious. Let's take up offering. (laughs) Y'all come on. We got to (laughs) go. Let's take up offering. No, but seriously, we we need to raise another $200,000. And it may come in less than that, but I want us to raise another $200,000 to complete everything we need to do. It is important for us that this ministry, worship team, you can come back while they're taking up the offering. Um, It's important for us that our building be ADA compliant as best as it can. This building is a split level. You go up or you go down, all right? And so what we, and we've had, an, our experience in this building is we've had people who had to leave our church or not come to church for a long season because they had lower leg uh, injuries, and so they couldn't climb stairs, they couldn't go below stairs, and so... Um, And so we said, hey, let's figure out a way for people to be able to come to corporate worship. And if we have something in the basement, they can go down in the basement as well. And so what we did was we're creating a new entrance in the parking lot so that there would be an entry, but it would also house a mini elevator where people can go up and go down. That new entrance and that elevator and everything else that's happening on the inside ain't cheap. Here's what I believe. What we've seen so far is that God is good, God is faithful, and God will provide. For the God who owns the cattle up on a thousand hills, $200,000 ain't nothing. So I believe God will provide, but but he's going to use his own people. And so in the coming weeks, we'll start talking about what that looks like, what we're going to be asking of you, uh, and so we'll talk about that. Uh, us elders will get together and process everything, but that will be coming. And so I just want you to be preferably considerate of um, how you can, your family can invest in the future of the British Church, where we continue to love God, love our neighbors, and make disciples, just ordinary things that God's going to turn into extraordinary transformation in us, and in our community, and in our city to the glory of God. So what can you do as you leave here today? Pray. Oh, how I'd love to see more seats filled on Wednesday night, that once a month where we gather together just to pray. Oh, how I would love that. For me, that's a big sign of the maturity of our church. We've got some work to do. I want us to pray more in our bridge groups for one another, for our church, for our city. But I need you to pray individually as well. That's the state of our church. Next Sunday, we start the book of Philippians. Hallelujah. I get to go back to the stuff I really enjoy doing. So these two weeks have been unique, but next week we go back to just faithful exposition of God's word because God's word does the work. Amen? We took up the money. Let's stand it. As we leave here, I just want us to sing to God. Great is thy faithfulness towards us. Let's sing.